Today on Season 3, Episode 77 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, the season enters its final week and there's still plenty at stake for the Packers. The offense looks to set new highs, Devontae looks to break some records, and Rodgers can add some more distance between himself and the rest of the MVP field. Brad Spielberger joins us for the second half to talk all things Bears. What do they do well? Who do we have to look out for? Can they pull off the upset? Listen in and find out. And now it's time for Facing the Bears, Brad Spielberger Part 2, on tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go back, go back, go! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for Facing the Bears, Brad Spielberger on tap, part deux. Second time that we're recording with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. We will welcome him on in the second half to talk about the Week 17 showdown of your Green Bay Packers and our arch nemesis, the Chicago Bears. And I've probably mentioned this before, like I don't hate the Chicago Bears. I actually respect them quite a bit. I do know that some of their fans sort of rattle Packer fans. They've never rattled me, though. Never rattled me. I've always despised the Minnesota Vikings as well as their fans, and maybe that has elevated the Chicago Bears and their fans a little bit because of how annoying Viking fans are. I digress on that. The moment you all have been waiting for, Week 17, it is here. Your 12-3 Green Bay Packers square off against the 8-7 Chicago Bears. Playoff implications on the line. I'm going to talk about in the first half this scenario as well as a couple articles that I wanted to dive into and also pay my respects to because of the wonderful resources that we have of podcasters, writers, journalists, so on and so forth uh, that allow Myself to host as well as co-host with my brother from another mother, Big Bad, Ken Ingalls. But with the Bears, they can secure the number seven seed and the third wildcard berth in the NFC playoffs with a win over the Packers or a Cardinals loss to the Rams. The Cardinals and Rams game will square off at 325 Chicago time. The Bears can also land the sixth seed and the second wildcard berth with a win over the Packers coupled with a Cardinals victory over the Rams. Right now, the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Jared Goff, his status is unknown due to that thumb injury. So there's a lot on the line for the Chicago Bears. There's a lot on the line for the Green Bay Packers. This season finale is going to be extremely meaningful for the Green Bay Packers because we can clinch the number one seed and a first round bye. Green Bay can secure the top seed with a win over the Bears or a Seattle Seahawks loss to a 49ers game that will be played in Arizona due to COVID-19 restrictions in San Francisco. I preface this in the second half as we welcomed or welcome our guest Brad Spielberger, but I wanted to start off and get our mind frame ready for this excellent game. I cannot wait. I think it's a travesty that Fans cannot appreciate what the Green Bay Packers have been doing. Uh, There will not be fans uh, during the playoffs, more than likely. I know that they've 
opened it up for frontline workers as well as essential workers in the hospital system, firefighters, and police officers at Lambeau Field. But outside of that, um, it's looking like no fans, which is extremely sad because this is a special season for the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to dive into a couple of articles that I wanted to share on how historic and how meaningful this game is this Sunday. And then I'll wrap up the first half with my thoughts of the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers for week 17. But right off the gate, Rob Domofsky, who's been on our episode, who is uh, ESPN lead reporter of your Green Bay Packers. He had an article about Devonta Adams that was released on Wednesday, December 30th, and he says, with one game to go, Adams ranks third in the NFL in catches with 109, fourth in receiving yards with 1,328, and first in touchdowns with 17. It's a long shot to catch the Bills, Stephon Diggs, in catches with 120 and yards with 1,459, but he has a two-touchdown catch lead over the Chiefs' Tyreek Hill. Demosky goes on to say that Sharp's reception record seems like a foregone conclusion given that Adams averages more than eight catches per game this season. He needs one more touchdown grab to match Sterling Sharp's single-season touchdown catch record of 18 set in 1994, one year after his receptions record. With one more touchdown catch, Adams would move into the top five all-time for a single season behind Randy Moss, who had 23 in 2007, Jerry Rice, who had 22 in 1987, Mark Clayton, who had 18 in 1984, and Sterling Sharp's 18. Another milestone and accomplishments that Devontae Adams has hit this season is a streak of eight consecutive games with a touchdown catch, tying Don Hudson's franchise record, five games with two or more touchdown catches, the second most in, in a season in team history behind only Hudson, who had six in 1942, Four games with 10-plus catches and two-plus touchdowns, joining Chris Carter in 1995 as the only players in the NFL to do that in a single season. He is just the third player in NFL history with 100-plus catches, 17-plus touchdowns, joining Chris Carter in 95 and Randy Moss in 2003. Domofsky goes on to say, oh, and Adams has done it all in 13 games. He missed two full games and another half because of a hamstring injury, so I wanted to give credit to Rob Demosky, who I respect, I love his work, and on top of it, uh, I was extremely humbled that Ken was able to play matchmaker and connect us. If you haven't yet, check out Rob Demofsky on tap, where he talks about some really great and hilarious stories and his journey as being a Packers beat reporter. Another article that I wanted to pay homage to is Gil Martin of the Sports Daily. He's been on a couple times. We had a Gil Martin on tap as well as we did a training camp episode with Gil Martin. Absolutely love Gil, as do I with Rob. So I love both of these people and I'm thrilled that the first half I can talk about these articles that were released on Wednesday. Gil's article goes into the 10 team and individual milestones the Packers can reach this season. Number one, Packers have won back-to-back division titles for the first time since the 2013 and 2014 season. That's already in the bag. They have clinched back-to-back NFC North titles for the first time since 2013-2014, which was under Mike McCarthy. With a win over the Bears on Sunday, the Packers could increase their record against divisional opponents to 11-1 under LaFleur. That is incredible to think about, just dominating the NFC North. And the last time the Packers were 11-1 against divisional opponents, was the 2011-2012 season. Number two, most points scored since 2011. 
through 15 games, Green Bay has scored 474 points. If they score 26 or more points, they will reach 500 points for the year for the second time in franchise history. They reached 560 in 2011. Leading the NFL in points for the first time since 2014, they have not led since that that year. And that was the year that uh, Rodgers saw his second MVP, also the NFC Championship game, as well the last time that we sniffed a Super Bowl. Number four, a 1,000-yard rusher in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 2013 and 2014. Aaron Jones already reached 1,000 yards for the second consecutive season this year. No running back has done that for the Packers since Eddie Lacy in 2013 and 2014. He only needs 22 yards on Sunday to surpass his career high from 2019, which was 1,084 yards. Devontae Adams, most catches in a season. He's well in, within reach of several milestones that I already touched on with the Rob Demosky article. He just needs two catches to catch his career high of 111 set in 2018. Ironically, though, Adams missed the season finale that year, which left him just short of the record of 112, which was Sterling Sharp in 1993. If he gets three catches on Sunday, he'll tie Sharp's record for catches in a season, and four will surpass it. Crazy to think that he's also missed two and a half games. Number six, back-to-back winning road record First time since 2006 and 2007. They're now 5-2 and two on the road after finishing 6-2 and two last year. Number seven, Rodgers needs one touchdown to match his career high set in 2011. Aaron Rodgers is in the running for his third MVP season after winning in 2011-2014. Favre won three from 95-96 to 97. He shared that award in 97 with Barry Sanders. He also needs one more touchdown pass to catch his career-high touchdowns in a season. In 2011, he threw for 45. Two touchdown passes would set a new career high for the future Hall of Famer, which would also probably be a lock for his third NFL MVP. Number eight, Mason Crosby field goal percentage. This season, veteran kicker Mason Crosby is a perfect 16 for 16 on field goal attempts. No Packers kicker has enjoyed a perfect season when attempting at least a field goal per game played. The franchise record for field goal percentage is 91.7, and that is shared by Crosby and Hall of Famer Jan Stenerud. Crosby hit 22 of 24 in 2019, while Stenerud set the mark back in 1981, also 22 of 24 field goals. If he misses one field goal, he will set the franchise record for field goal percentage in a season. If he doesn't miss one, he will at least be tied for the record forever with 100%. Number nine, Games played as a Packer career. When he takes the field on Sunday, Rodgers will be playing in his 197th NFL game, all with the Packers. That will put him in fourth place in franchise history, one ahead of Hall of Famer Bart Starr. Brett Favre holds the franchise record with 255. Mason Crosby is second if he plays on Sunday. He will play in his 224th game in a Packers uniform. Donald Driver's third with 205 games played. And number 10, receiving touchdowns in a season. I already touched on this with Demosky's article. Despite playing two full games, Devontae Adams has 17 touchdown passes a season. That is one shy of the all-time franchise record of 18 set by Sterling Sharp in his final NFL season in 1994. So if he catches two, he will set a new record. Randy Moss set the all-time season record for touchdown catches in a season when he grabbed 23 back in 2007. What you're seeing right now is it's pretty crazy to think like if Adams did not miss those two and two and a half games, would he be sniffing that uh, 23 mark 
back in 2007. But Devontae Adams is in really some an impressive group of NFL players. It's really great to see him up there with Sterling Sharp in terms of Green Bay Packers, but also when you're looking at the grades, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Mark Clayton, it's impressive. And I know Aaron Rodgers said in his press conference that Charles Woodson was the most dominating player that he ever saw play at nickel cornerback who could take over a game. He now is saying you should add Devontae Adams to that list. What we're witnessing right now is greatness, and it's so great to see because for me, I've always been humbled by this. I, I don't for, and I and I understand why I had this mindset back when Devontae Adams was drafted. I just was not that educated of a Green Bay Packers fan. I was very reactive. Um, I didn't know a lot of the nuances or the ins and outs that I do now since hosting and co-hosting uh, the Unknown Packers podcast. Another sort of added layer of benefit when you're doing this Packers podcast is how much you get to understand the team holistically from multiple different perspectives. I thought Devontae Adams was going to blow up in his rookie year. He sort of struggled. What I'm seeing now is just, I mean, greatness. And I love how Devontae Adams plays. Him and Aaron Rodgers are on the same page in that Tennessee Titans game, hauling three touchdowns in the snow. I mean, it's just, it's incredible to see what Devontae Adams is doing. Um, I want to smack my former self forever throwing shade at Devontae Adams for maybe wanting him to do more in his first couple of seasons. But right now, uh, Devontae Adams, outside of Robert Tunney, of course, and Aaron Rodgers, probably Darnell Savage as well, is my favorite Green Bay Packer. And he might go down as my favorite Green Bay Packer of all time just because of sort of my mindset of him initially and where he's at now. Uh, It's truly great to see. I cannot wait to see what he does this Sunday. Our guest, Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus, talks a a, a couple matchups that might play in Devontae Adams' favor on Sunday. So please stay tuned for the second half of Facing the Bears. Brad Spielberger on tap part de. As we get close to wrapping up the first half of this episode, I wanted to share my thoughts. And I touched on this a little bit in the second half, but I've got this weird feeling uh, on Sunday. I know that's probably not what you want to hear. And my intuition has sort of been on point lately. I thought that the Packers were going to decisively beat the Tennessee Titans, which they did. Doesn't mean that I wasn't shocked to see it, but I sort of expected it. I don't know. I also had a weird feeling with the Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars game. I had a weird feeling about the Minnesota Vikings. I don't have that same weird feeling. I just, there's so much on the line for the Chicago Bears. There's a lot on the line for the Green Bay Packers. Coach Matt LaFleur in his press conference talked about that this is a playoff game. Green Bay is 4-0 in December. They're 5-1 since they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. Sit right now at 12-3. Bonafide, legitimate leading candidate for the MVP right now. Uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL, hands down. There is no question right now that Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver. Say what you will with Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and and maybe a couple hours. What Devontae Adams is doing now is extremely special, and that I've already highlighted on the records what he's done. It's crazy to think that what he's doing on top of missing two and a half games. What I'm really excited to see is A.J. Dillon again. Will he get 20-plus carries? He spent five weeks on the reserve COVID-19 list. Lafleur wanted to feed him more. 
running backs coach Ben Sermon said that they, he needed a breather. Pretty crazy to think in essentially his first action as a rookie. He saw drives here and there, A.J. Dillon, before he went on the COVID-19 reserve li- or the reserve COVID-19 list. Coming back in, this was his first real big game where he got a ton of carries and was a focal point of emphasis for the Green Bay Packers offense. I want to see if he can carry that over. Week 17. I know that a lot of people were talking about this is the reason why we drafted him in the second round, December football. Uh, He exceeded my expectations. Got a game ball in our 12 and 3 on tap episode with myself and Ken Ingles. That's the that's the person, that's the player that I, what sort of game can he have? Now that the Chicago Bears have tape on A.J. Dillon and what he did, the Bears have a better defense than the Tennessee Titans. Can A.J. Dillon run all over the Chicago Bears? You have Akeem Hicks back in. What I'm predicting is a David Montgomery versus A.J. Dillon sort of showdown. I know Aaron Jones got nicked up a little bit, but he still had 10 carries for 94 yards. Uh, Jamal Williams missed the Tennessee Titans game. So I'm I'm as, I'm expecting that they're probably going to hold back Aaron Jones a little bit, make sure that he's fresh and ready to go for the playoffs, and they're going to feed A.J. Dillon. So focal point number one, Devontae Adams. What records does he break? Focal point number two, Aaron Rodgers and his MVP campaign. Focal point number three, can A.J. Dillon continue this? Can he carry over what he did in the Tennessee Titans game into Week 17 against the Chicago Bears. And moving forward, focal point number four, the number one seed. This is playoff football. They've been having this sort of playoff football mindset. The reason why I have a weird feeling is, um, and it probably plays into the Green Bay Packers' favor, is that there's no fans at Soldier Field. But even though that we beat the Bears 41-25, we were up 41-10 at one point, complete drubbing at Lambeau Field. There's a lot more on the line. Coach Nagy has sort of opened up the offense a little bit more. David Montgomery right now, when you're looking at it, in his last five games, including his first matchup with the Packers, he had 103, 72, 113, 146, and 95 rushing yards with six rushing touchdowns. In his first nine games, he only topped 65 yards just twice, rushing just one rushing touchdown. So you're seeing a different David Montgomery. Can the Packers' defense set the edge like they did against Derrick Henry? Can they make Mitchell Trubisky beat them? That's what I'm I'm expecting, sort of the same game plan. Neutralize David Montgomery, and sort of like with Tannehill, can you beat us? Can you beat the Green Bay Packers' defense? I... There's just an interesting, weird feeling on Mitchell Trubisky looking at a contract extension, Coach Nagy on the hot seat, as well as general manager Ryan Ryan Pace. Brad uh, talks about this a little bit and expands on that. There's just certain sprinkles that make me sort of pause. Even though that we demolished, decimated the Tennessee Titans, I think this game is going to be a lot closer And I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be neck and neck personally. Um, We'll see what the weather is like down at Soldier Field. But again, this is a historic rivalry, a lot on the line. And could we have expected this when the schedule released? Week 17, Chicago Bears 8-7, and Green Bay Packers 12-3. Yes, the Green Bay Packers are a better team. But there's just certain aspects that make me pause and that make me a little concerned. Probably not what you were expecting. 
I still do think that the Packers are the best team. Let's get that number one seed. Like I mentioned in last week's episode, Facing the Titans, Brian D on tap, just win. Just win. And now you have something to play for. You're not going to rest your starters. Let's get through this game. Get that one seed. No serious injuries. Get this rest. And let's bring back what is rightfully ours. I hope you're super excited to welcome our next guest of Pro Football Focus, Brad Spielberger, who is also a Bears fan. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Go Pack Up. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. And welcome back to the second half of Facing the Bears, part de Brad Spielberger on tap. And we welcome Pro Football Focus's Brad Spielberger to the virtual studio. First and foremost, how you doing, Brad? Doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, you know, it was a good time last time. Hopefully a different result this time around. But, uh, it, you know, it's fun <laughs> that it's a big, important game for both teams. We had our first date. And uh, we're still in the honeymoon phase. This is round two of you coming on as a guest to the Unknown Packers podcast. If you haven't yet, uh, check out our Week 12 Facing the Bears, Brad Spielberger on tap. Brad goes into detail about his background a little bit. We're going to focus more on this Packers and Bears rivalry, and then we'll wrap up the episode where people can tune into all of the work that you're doing, Brad. Uh, I'm a huge fan, and I'm thrilled that, uh, you know, the the first butterflies, the, the first questions on that first date were past that now we know each other we like each other and uh, we respect each other as do the bears and packers but the bears eight and seven right now will will secure the number seven seed and the third wild card berth in the nfc playoffs with a win over the packers or a cardinals loss to the rams the cardinals rams game in la will begin at 3 25 p.m chicago time the same time that the packers and and Bears play. Uh, the Bears can also land the sixth seed and the second wild card berth with a win over the Packers, coupled with the Cardinals' victory over the Rams. The season finale against the Bears will be meaningful for the Packers, who have yet to clinch the number one seed and a first round bye. Green Bay will secure the top seed with a win over the Bears or a Seahawks loss to the Niners in a game that will be played in Arizona due to the COVID-19 restrictions in San Francisco. This is a, a bitter rivalry, but a respected rivalry. I know Bears fans are getting excited, as are the Packers. Who would have thought when the schedule released week 17 that the Bears and Packers would be playing for a lot on the line? Number one seed for the Packers, also a playoff berth for the Chicago Bears. Your thoughts right now when everything sort of the stars aligned for this week 17 showdown? Yeah, no, it really was fascinating how everything played out. Um, obviously, two very different trajectories for both teams. Packers have been, you know, consistently solid all year. Uh, Bears obviously started out five and one, then dropped six straight, you know, heading into our conversation mm -hmm. last time. And it was obviously very bleak and, and dark. Um, but yeah, now, now trending upward, you know, uh, rattle off three straight wins, not necessarily against the best competition, but still, um, definitely look a lot better. Um, look a little, a little bit more comfortable with the things they're running. Um, so yeah, I mean, this storied rivalries had a lot of big games like this. Uh, I think it would have been great 
uh, if the Packers didn't need to win this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that you know the, the motivation beyond just you know beating their rival, but also the fact that they could secure that the only buy in the NFC, which I think we're going to mm-hmm. learn going forward, is an extremely valuable um, as we see this playoff structure continue to play out in years ahead. So yeah, I think I think that one seed and getting that buy and some time off uh, will have the Packers just as fired up as the Bears trying to get in the playoffs at all. And the Packers and Bears played Week 12 back on November 20th. You came on. We talked about your background with Pro Football Focus and talked about uh, some of the similar questions that I'll be asking throughout the second half. Uh, The Packers prevailed 41-25, but it was 41-10 at one point before the Bears rattled off 15 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Savage had two interceptions. Zadarius Smith had a sack and a fumble recovery. The Bears committed three turnovers, and the Packers off of Aaron Rodgers who had four touchdowns to Adams, Tunyon, Lazard, and Lewis, and then also Jamal Williams punched it in with a rushing touchdown. Like you had mentioned, the Bears started 5-1, and six-game losing streak, then a three-game winning streak. Since the Packers and Bears have last played, and since this almost turnaround for the Bears, what has changed for the Chicago Bears as we look forward to this Week 17 matchup? Yeah, so, you know, I think from a per- starting with a personnel standpoint, I, I think... Bears fans and, and Packers fans as well, you know, know how good of a player Akeem Hicks is, but I really think that we see how important he is to this defense when he's out. Um, and he did not play in that Packers game. Uh, and, and they were getting chunk plays up the middle, you know, pretty much at will. Uh, so that is going to be a huge addition um, on the defense for Chicago. Obviously going to, you know, get after the quarterback bit as well. But I also think really just shore up the middle of that defense and not let, you know, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones and, well, I guess now uh, A.J. Dillon as well, um, right. you know, just get right. six, seven yards a clip. Because that is, you know, the last thing they can afford is – it's one thing to let Aaron Rodgers beat you through the year, but if if they're getting beaten on both phases, then then they're not even going to be in this game. But yeah, so what's changed really from a schematic perspective is that the offense is really emulating that of the Packers and Matt uh, Matt Lafleur. So you know, they were they were toying with with different techniques and, and different approaches. You know, Matt Nagy comes from this West Coast. You know, all out of shotgun, a lot of RPO offense. That's why Nick Foles was brought in. So even when they transitioned back to Trubisky, there was still a little bit of that. And now they've really just gone full on, you know, wide zone, kind of, you know, this Stefanski, Arthur Smith, Matt LaFleur kind of system. We, you know, we always talk about Shanahan, et cetera. Right. And it, it's, it, it's been successful. Um, I think one big part of it as well, back to the personnel standpoint, uh, starting right guard now is Alex Bars and starting center now is Sam Mustafer. These are two guys that were uh, brought in as undrafted free agents last year, both out of Notre Dame, played together. Bars had a lot of draft hype. He had unfortunately suffered a knee injury during his senior year and then went undrafted. But folks thought he could have been a maybe a you know third, fourth round, fifth round pick. Uh, he's starting to look pretty good at right guard. And then, and then Sam Mustafer is looking great at center, which enabled him to kick Cody White out, Whitehair out to left guard. So basically, kind of the whole offensive line is now playing a bit more cohesive. I think they're more comfortable in, in where they are. But particularly that interior, I think, is important because Kenny Clark, in a couple of these matchups, has had the ability to, to basically take over the game on defense and just destroy the interior offensive line of the Bears. So I think that, you know, if they can just contain him a little bit, that could definitely change you know the, the complexion of this game. And you've already mentioned a few players, but uh, who are some players to watch for Leading up to Sunday, I know that Packer fans are familiar with the Chicago Bears, but this is a different team, 
this added juice, uh, like you have said, they've they've changed up their offensive line personnel or they've fortified that. And then they've also sort of spread out offensively, uh, giving Trubisky a lot more opportunities. I know David Montgomery has sort of had a resurgence the last five weeks. He he rushed for uh, over 100 yards in the Week 12 game, but lately it looks like David Montgomery is just running at will right now. He, would he be one of those players to watch? And on top of that, are there any other players to watch that you feel that could have a huge impact on this Bears-Packers game? Yeah, 110%. So I, I think the run game is going to be hugely important for Chicago. And obviously David Montgomery is is a true workhorse back in this league. And he's getting tons of snaps, most of the most of the, the touches. Because, yeah, I mean, the susceptibility of this Packers defense still seems to be mm-hmm. you know against the run. You know, right. we now see Darnell Savage. I, I've been incredibly impressed with Darnell Savage the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and so mm-hmm. that secondary is kind of starting to round into form a bit. So I think the way the Bears can win this game is the old the old school limit possessions for, for Rodgers, run the ball a lot, run the clock a lot, all those old adages and old cliches. But that starts with Montgomery. And I think the big thing with him is yards after the contact against these Packers. You know, I, th- I think your front line, your, your defensive line is going to get in the backfield. They're going to, you know, create a lot of pressure in the run game. But if he can break a, a tackle or two and get into space, then, yeah, then he really can, you know, be, be a force for this offense. And, and then I would say on the other side of the ball, got to watch, maybe got to watch to see if he's going to play or not, is Jalen Johnson, uh, the Bears' second cornerback, who's missed the last couple weeks. Uh, unclear if he's going to play this week. And I think if he's out... It could it could cause trouble for Chicago because you know they, not that they shadow they're not going to shadow Devontae Adams but eventually teams are going to start giving him more attention I I would hope otherwise he's going to keep just rattling off you know 150 yard three touchdown games at will so I think right. if Johnson's out it gets tricky because they're going to have a rookie fifth rounder named Kendall Wilder who's, who's been solid but he's going to be there you know CB two so. If, if, if that happens, then, then you know, if things get a little tricky in the secondary for Chicago. And I've got a couple more questions before we wrap up. Facing the Bears, Brad Spielberger on tap. Part de. this is the second go-around. I'm thrilled to have you back in. And it's fascinating with your pro football focus background, but also as a Bears fan. So these next two questions are going to be more from a, a Bears fan. I'm going to tug on the heartstrings a little bit and ha- have you tap into that. How can the Chicago Bears beat the Green Bay Packers from a fan's perspective. It's actually funny you mentioned from a fan's perspective because I really do think, unfortunately for Chicago, if they could have had a soldier field that was loud as can be with full mm. full capacity, I really think that that would have been a pretty big factor. We know that Aaron Rodgers can weaponize the hard count better than anybody maybe ever. And for all those little little nuances and, and things like that, that that Rodgers can do at the line of scrimmage because it won't be loud in soldier – I think takes away a huge potential advantage for Chicago. But what they can do is really is, yeah, is is play, you know, one of their best defensive games of the season, you know, take advantage of, of you know, an offensive line for the Packers that can be susceptible at times. It's still one of the elite units, right. of course. But, you know, you, you can you can maybe put Khalil Mack over the right tackle or, or maybe even bring him inside and, and work him against some of, some of the interior a bit because they have to. They have to be in Rodgers' face constantly. You know, if he's if he can right. sit in the pocket like he did last matchup, it, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a game. So, yeah, it's really going to come down to – Force Rodgers out of the pocket, force him to move, and then try to limit his possessions as much as possible, drag this game out, run the ball with Dave Montgomery a ton, and try to win an ugly one, really. And I've got one more question before we wrap up. Can the Chicago Bears 
beat the Green Bay Packers? I really don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I was I was way more pessimistic on our on our you know part one. Obviously, <laughs> they've, they've played some good games of late, but no, I, I really do not think so. This Packers team is just a superior team, and Trubisky's success um, these last couple of weeks has been. Largely because they're, you know, they went against the Lions, Texans, Jaguars, who are literally the 32nd, 31st, and 30th ranked, you know, defenses. Mm-hmm. So it, it just doesn't really seem feasible, to be honest. Um, like I said, if the Packers didn't have anything to play for, that I think would have been the blessing yep. for Chicago. But the fact that they're going to be motivated as well, um, you know, Rodgers has the quote: uh, "He's won a lot of games in Soldier, so he's always looking to back that up and and, and you know put his money where his mouth is." So, frankly, I do not think they have a chance now. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. I and. I'm a little bit, we talked about this in, in pre-production, I'm a little bit more leery about this Week 17 game, even though Aaron Rodgers versus the Chicago Bears has 51 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, a 66.3% completion rating, and 19-5 and over the Chicago Bears. And I know that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have really played spoiler to the Chicago Bears, the the Super Bowl run for the for the both for uh, the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers back in 2010, where uh, we played in the NFC Championship game. You had the Randall Cobb twice, with uh, one getting into the playoffs that Week 17 matchup, and then two a couple years ago with the whole my knee game from Aaron Rodgers, where we thought that he was going to be done, and the Khalil Mack show. But overall, I, there's something weird about this game, and I and I talked about this in the first half that this these two storied franchises, uh, a bitter yet respected rivalry. It's nothing compared to what Packer fans view the Minnesota Vikings. At least I don't <laughs> think so. I know that there are Packer fans that look at the Chicago Bears and they are the the number one arch nemesis. I've always respected the Chicago Bears as well as the Chicago Bears fans. You've had some great success. You've also have gone through the doldrums of some sort of stressful seasons. I thought that that was going to be something of that this season, even though that the Bears started off five and one. With that change, though, is there any way? Is the, whatever spark ignited with Trubisky and Nagy, is that something that could propel them momentum-wise? No, I, I hear you. I, you know, obviously there's not a 0% chance, and I will say, too, you know, that, that eerie feeling you may have. I mean, let's be honest. There's, there's a chance that if the Bears lose this game that Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace, the GM, are not back in Chicago next year. So, you know, don't underestimate the, you know, the motivation that comes from that you know, for example, last year in the playoffs, you know, the, the Vikings, that, that Saints game w- was a game that basically was, it looked as though it was, all right, win this game, we'll extend Zimmer and Spielman, lose this game, and, and you know, we'll see. Yep. Obviously, they, you know, they, they had their best performance of the season, went into New Orleans and, and, and were able to win a game, kind of dominated the game, to be honest. So, so it would have to be something like that, where the Bears are just playing with like their heads are on fire uh, because Nagy mm-hmm. is essentially coaching for his job because, you know, Ryan Pace is, uh, you know, not that he, I guess he's addressing the players, but that he's gymming for his job. And so it would have to be one of those games. And then maybe you get a little bit of really a slow start for the Packers would be huge. This Bears team is, is is built to play from ahead. If they can get ahead in a game, then they can pin their ears back in the pass rush and just get after Rodgers and all those things. So, I would say it's a game script thing. I, I, yeah, they would have to get a good start, maybe get a you know a turnover on for, for you know an interception or something, get a, a seven point lead, maybe like a ten point lead. That I think is how you then you know get into 
them just letting the defense kind of take over the game and, and, and they just kind of withhold. But if they get in a hole early, they just they don't really have no they they can't get out of a hole. Trubisky's play okay. has been better. It's been, it's been fun. There's been a lot of highlights. It's also been you know in garbage time against teams that are tanking for Trevor Lawrence. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you speaking of Mitchell Trubisky? I wanted to wrap up the second half with you, Brad, from a question from Ken Ingles. He was wondering, with the I guess resurgence of Mitchell Trubisky, what does his future look like for the Chicago Bears? I think Ken's, I think Ken's uh, picking on me from afar. No, uh, so it's been a funny question. I, I, I will say, you know, I, I knew this was going to start coming. This was going to start happening. And I think if you mm-hmm. do look at the quarterback landscape, if you do look at the Bears' salary cap situation. You know they're probably not going to be in the running for like a Dak Prescott. They could try, you know, and then they're and they're also now with, with this win streak, they're really not positioned to draft a quarterback. Uh, maybe they could mm-hmm. take one of the you know one of the later guys, but but they view this this current roster as a win now roster for better or for worse. So I don't really see them, you know, taking another young guy. So yeah, so I think Trubisky could come back on a a Marcus Mariota type deal. His gotcha. deal in Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas, uh, is yep. two years, seventeen and a half million. But it's really just a one-year, seven and a half million-dollar deal. Um, that's all the guarantees are up in the first year, and then it's kind of you know we'll, we'll see from there. I think that would be where you'd look. So you give me a really small deal. It's it's basically a bridge quarterback contract. Um, but people talking about transition tag and franchise tag, I think, are insane. People talking about a you know a multi-year extension, like a Blake Bortles contract, are, are even more insane. You know, if anything, you give him a small one-year flyer, uh, and you say we need to see this for a full 16-game season to even entertain giving you more than you know just a small chunk of change. And I've mentioned this before as we get closer to wrapping up. I- I'm curious uh, for those that are tuning in that know you, you're you're a hell of a follow on Twitter. A lot of your information is a great resource, and I'm so thrilled that Ken and I or that Ken played matchmaker to have you come on for not one, but your your second episode. And we look forward to having you come back on, talk about the NFL draft, salary cap. Uh, I'm really excited for a Ken and Brad episode where I just get to sit in the corner with popcorn and just soak in all this wonderful knowledge. How did you become a Bears fan, though? Uh, unfortunately, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I was uh, <laughs> born, born and raised in Chicago and just kind of adhered to the, you know, you just root for the teams in your geographic area. So I'm a diehard every yeah. Chicago team fan, and Bears is definitely at the top of that list. Um, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, they, we, we, uh, we came up at a good time. You know, I had the 2006 run and 2010, 2011. Yeah. So there, there were a lot of good Bears teams, a lot of fun Bears teams. And and at the same time, all the other teams in Chicago actually during that time were terrible. So yeah. that really kind of made them stand out. But yeah, it's obviously been a rough go for the past couple of years. But, you know, teams can turn around quickly in this league. So, you know, hopefully they're, they're back soon. Well, I have a lot of respect for one Chicago Bears fans like yourself, as well as uh, the rivalry, because there really is no NFL without the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. And for them to square off week 17, a lot of playoff implications for the Bears. Will they make it Uh, for the Packers? Will will they get that number one seed when the schedule release? I, I, I looked at that and really sort of minimized the Bears and Packers because I did not think that the Packers... Uh, the Bears would be in this situation 
I did think that the Packers could possibly fight for that one seed, but the way that they came off this Tennessee Titans game, I'm really excited to see if they can continue the momentum. The one thing, though, is that's what rivalries are for. You you essentially scrap the records, and it's three hours of football. It is sad to think that Soldier Field will not be rocking. Uh, It's been a special season for the Green Bay Packers. It's been a resurgence for the Chicago Bears. I think it would have been really great to have fans witness that. And speaking of fans witnessing, where can they witness and tune in to all of your coverage and work that uh, you display? Look at that professional segue right there. That was impressive. I think you. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Um, as Bryce mentioned, Ken Ingles, you know, obviously salary cap research and, and, and work like that is how we cross paths because that's what I'm covering. Um, but yeah, but also the PFF angle. So, you know, if you want to find out about you know, Rodgers and play action versus, you know, Rodgers mm-hmm. rolling out right, rolling out left, you know, all, all that stuff. Yeah, that, that's, you know, resource for anything uh, football related, but definitely focus on, you know, cap and contracts, which will be very interesting for the Packers this offseason. I'm sure Ken has touched on it, but they have their work cut out for them. So, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. And then I'm posting content, you know, on PFF.com on occasion. Well, until then, I look forward to reuniting in the new year with you, talking about the salary cap, getting an episode scheduled for you, Ken, and myself, if that's something that you're interested in in 2021. I'm really excited for that. Keep up the great work, Brad. And once again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Any last words before we bid adieu? Thank you for having me on. We'll definitely get something set up for the uh, for the offseason. And my final words are go Bears. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> I, you know, when we were when we were going back and forth, uh, getting the agenda ready, I, I did say that we were going to have some jabs. I kept it a little neutral. I wanted to insert something here and there. But there you go with the right hook to wrap up the episode. Much respect to you, Brad, for all the work that you do, uh, the team that you follow. I have a ton of respect for the Bears organization. I'm sure there's fans tuning in like, what is going on? Why is Bryce saying those things? But it's true. I do have a ton of respect for the Bears fans. Love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for coming on. And for all the Packer fans out there, let's get ready. A lot on the line for this Week 17 showdown with the Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. I hope you enjoyed the first half with myself and the second half with Pro Football Focus's Brad Spielberger. Until next week, Go Pack Go. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers Podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers Podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined.